What's up, guys, and welcome to BitCast, episode 112 for the week of March 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Jake Martin. And on the show this week, we have my good friend and movie buff and film extraordinaire and and cinema cinema serious guy, Zach Flowers. <laughs> this was an elaborate intro. I think I've gotten on this thing. And this is, what, year seven or eight, right? I don't know. No, I mean, I we're, we're up there. We missed the first year because um, I think I just started the podcast and yeah. like, I like briefly talked about it. Um, but then, yeah, I think the, the following year you were on. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been, been at least like six years, six or seven yeah. years. That we've this, been might be, this might be seven. Yeah. Mm. Man, mm. how time flies. Movies, movies, movies. And here <laughs> we are again today to talk about them. So if you haven't guessed already, we're talking about the freaking Oscars. How was this? Is this the 95th, 90? I don't even know what year this is. I used to like track it by the Academy yeah. Awards, but I just call it's, it the Oscars now. It's something up there. 95, 96. Hey. The 2023 Oscars. That's what we're going to yes. call it. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about only, though, the best picture nominees. So if you want to get your news on the other things, I'm sorry. We're not talking about those. We're talking about the best pictures, and there's 10 of them. So we have a lot to talk about. But before we get into that, I just, just a little bit of housekeeping. If you are, if you are tuning in. Uh, be sure to write into us. Check us out on social. You know, you can write in by going to bitcast at bitbloggers.com. Just send an email there. Or you can just write directly into Spotify. Technology, Zach. Have you ever done that before? Writing into Spotify? Yeah, there's like a little prompt in Spotify. Huh. When you go to a podcast, you can just click on the bottom. A little Q&A slides up. Boom. Hey, I'm going to write you guys a note. Did not know that. I learned something new today. Uh, yeah. I should write myself a note. You should, yeah, you should write into this episode <laughs> anonymously. So we, anonymously, yeah, <laughs> feel good about myself, but knowing that I did it, it's yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. do it too. I'll do it too. Don't worry, it'll be great. Uh, so yeah, um, Zach, what's 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 been what's what's been going on since last time you and I hung out on the podcast? I mean, uh, what's 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 got you excited these days? You know, uh, Ed's another year older. He's he's four now, which is crazy. Um, wow. Definitely doesn't, yeah. I mean, I can remember like uh, one year, like he was like, you know, baby. And it's much easier when they're, you know, small because you can kind of just put them in their little like crow things. I was like smoking meats outside. I was watching uh, uh, Roma, I think. And I, 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 going through this whole cycle, I was like, man, things were a little bit easier back then when you could just like, I don't have to entertain this kid now to worry about watching something on the screen that is gonna you know scar him for life because he's asleep um but no he's been kid's been good heck yeah job's, job's been doing pretty good you know I'm, I'm excited about maybe some better weather here in a little bit yeah. it's kind of dreary today but not this weekend not this weekend because uh, like it was really nice earlier this week but then it's great all of a sudden it just it, yeah fell apart um well, nice. Yeah, I was gonna actually yeah. gonna ask about that. I was gonna say, you smoking any meats? What's the what's the latest on that? You I've got? I've gotten very good at chicken wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very good chicken wings. Sorry, I was like, you know, um, yeah. I've had I've had people like who are like you know chicken wing purists, and they've been like, dude, connoisseurs. That's good. So, <laughs> got a new chicken wing recipe. If, you know, that's all you friend. need. If I'll bring you, some next time. Bring some to you. If you have people that, that like chicken wings and they're like, dude, they need a recipe, holler at me. 
That's good. I got you. I got you. I was going to say, I mean, that's really the whole, that's the whole benefit of having a smoker is you, you perfect your skill over time. You know, your first couple of attempts, maybe, maybe not the best. They're probably better than what you would have normally made. But then now after all these years, I mean, I expect you fully to be opening up a smoke shop pretty soon where you're just smoking all kinds of stuff for people. It's a dream, you know, maybe, you know, financial burdens of student loans. is probably not going to allow me to do that for a hot minute, but you know what? I'll dream about it one day. Yeah, one day. Hey, you guys heard it on the podcast. We'll uh, we'll hold that we'll hold that one up, and we'll check in every single year on that on, the, on Zach's meat meat shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, on my side, same thing. You know, Henry's just wild. We are in the th- in the throes in the, in the thick of parenting. We're switching his daycare. Um, yeah, it's been a busy week. A lot of podcasting, and I'm heading to Ohio tomorrow uh, for Soup Fest. Shout out Ooh. Soup Fest. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this or I've told I you have. about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this weekend and it's going to be amazing. Soup, Soup Fest in Columbus, Ohio. My good friend Evan Harris puts it on. And essentially what it is is a really cool grunge rock show with some incredible soups to go with it. And not just rock. They have all kinds of other like, you know, he's he's pretty good about selecting different artists that come and show up. You know, we had Honey Fadurabkeeb one time come there. He does poetry and it was really, really cool hearing him speak. Um, they have flung, which are like some pretty low, like pretty like well-known guys in Chattanooga. Um, and yeah. a guy named Dan Deacon, who's uh, headlining this year. So, Ooh, okay. It's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. fun. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to be exhausted, but it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm flying. I'm yeah. leaving tomorrow morning at, uh, my flight leaves at 5 a.m. Ooh. Okay. So. And just for, for the listeners, it is currently 9.06 p.m. as we're starting to, because, you know, There's- trying to podcast with children is... <laughs> Yeah. bit of a hassle yeah yeah so it's gonna be a late night and an <laughs> early morning for jake it's gonna Ooh. be great but that's okay you know because i'm i'm talking about movies with zach and we're, we're gonna have a good time so yes. let's jump into it man let's talk about the let's oscar nominations let's do it so i'm gonna list these off first okay. um they're in alphabetical order order straight from the website so we have top of the list all quiet on the western front directed by edward berger we have Avatar, The Way of Water by James Cameron. The Banshees of Inisherin, is that correct? I think so. Okay. It's a made up uh, island in okay. Ireland, so sure. Forgive me. Yeah, I was like, uh, by Martin McDonough. Uh, Elvis by Baz Luhrmann. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Yep. yep. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once by Daniel Kwan. The Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. Tear, Tar. Tar. That's tar. Tar. Yeah. By Todd Field. Top Gun Maverick by Joseph Kaczynski. Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Oostland, I believe. I don't know. I think that's usually, it's an umlaut. So it's like Oost, Oostland, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Women Talking by Sarah Pauly. Those are the, those are the, yeah. Those are the 10 nominees. Quite a list. Quite a list. I forget how many we've had in previous years. I think we always ask about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like when we started it, it was like eight or nine. I, mm-hmm. I feel like the last four or five times it's been consistently at ten. I think they're pretty much hanging on the tens from here on out, which I still think number. is. I mean, for us, well, well, yeah. I for mean, us, maybe it's not the best because it's a lot uh, to talk about. It's it's a lot to talk about, and it's a lot to try to get around to watching when you are. Uh, dads of young children 
So yeah, let's talk about that to the audience really quick. You guys are <laughs> you guys are welcome because Zach and I really went through a lot to get these movies Ooh. into our eyeballs. Okay. You know, it wasn't easy. Yeah. No. It wasn't easy. I, no. It was I, when the list came out, I think I told you that like I was like, I've seen Top Gun. And that's it. So I got a lot of work to do. But I do so, like our system. I like our system how we, do. we share passwords. You know, I didn't utilize it as much as I should have this year. However, I think we also don't do ourselves a, a service by waiting till like the week of to watch most of the movies. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think since since last Thursday, I think I've watched four or five of them. Oh um, I watched two in the past two nights before tonight. And then, um, yeah, because I think Thursday is when I went and saw Avatar. Um in the theaters, which I was way late to the party on that one, but that's just that's just tough on you. That's this that's too much. Again, not that yeah. it's not. Hard I think I think it's not a parent, but when you're a parent trying to work around this schedule and you're like, yeah, hey, I have to go to the theater to physically watch this movie. I think since like two Sundays ago, so what, like a little over two weeks, something like that. I think I've watched six. Oh man, it's that's been a, it's it's been a slog, but I've I'm through it. Hopefully all the films haven't run together and you're just they, confused. They haven't too much. There, there's there's one film where I'm like, I may have dozed off just a <laughs> little bit. And what happened in this movie? Uh, I did have to read a synopsis afterwards. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now of what I was seeing. So we'll like, get there. I like reading synopsis uh, sometimes. It helps. It does help. Because afterwards I'm like, did I remember that correctly? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think yeah. of this scene in this way. Yeah. No shame in that game. Uh, I have unfortunately not watched all of these. So if you are listening, don't hate. I did not get a chance to watch Women Talking because that was the one that was in theaters um, more recently. And that was like yes. the last one that I had. I just I couldn't fit it in. So and I'm going to fully rely on you to tell me about it. It's also on Amazon Prime. Like I just yesterday. Just oh, yet. I was going to rent just it. Just added it. Dang just it. added it for five days. So four days now. So watch it because it's. It's good, um, but uh, yes, I will carry that. Good. That good. Let's do You'll it. Carry us, You'll, as you always do. As you always do, Zach, you always carry us. <laughs> all right, let's talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. We're going to yeah. do this in a, in a simplified way this year. We're going to be doing about five minutes per movie, and we're going to try and do what we disliked and what we liked, so in that order. So what yeah. we disliked about the movie and then what we liked, and then moving on. Yeah. So All Quiet on the Western Front, starring Felix Kemmerer, uh, who plays Paul. And uh, this was directed by Edward Berger, and I don't think he really has anything notable prior to this, at least that I have I have seen. I don't know right. if you're familiar with his filmography or his director work. Um, but yeah, what would you think, man? Would you? Would you? Uh, let's start off with the dislikes. What dislikes? Um, what did you were like? Eh, maybe not. Maybe not so much. Honestly, there's not much that I, that I disliked about this film. Um, yeah, this is one of my top tier. Um, if I'm being super nitpicky, and this is going to sound weird when when you, you hear it, especially if you've seen the movie, like I I think they could have spent a little more time in the trenches, which sounds weird because this is probably one of the movies where I'm like, man, they really got the trench stuff down. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they, and that's the only thing where me as a you know, history bus and World War One fanatic. I'm like, they could have, they could have eased in on that just a little bit more and let you linger there a little bit, so you really get that whole 
this is a meat grinder and a wet, soggy thing full of, you know, um, and, and you get that in the book. Like, it's been a long time since I read the book, but like, I swear half the book is you're just reading like, and Paul is in the trenches and he's waiting and they're shelling and he's like, I feel like this a hair more is really the only like thing I wanted out of the movie. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm similar to you. I don't really have a major critique. The only thing that I think I disliked about this was that it felt very similar to other war movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had 1917, I believe, last year, the year prior. I think it was year prior. And because they're both based in World War One, there really was a lot of similarities. I feel like between those two, in terms of obviously um, just imagery. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. yeah, we're in the trenches again. Yeah. Now, now everyone's dying. And this is really not a great scenario for anyone to be in. Yeah. Um, but th- that was really the only thing I think just in terms of in terms of the film itself, I was just like, yeah, this feels like a war movie. Mm-hmm. But now getting into the positives, what I will say yeah. is uh, I think the way that they tied in Paul's whole storyline, because I've never read All Quiet in the Western Front, yeah. but the whole storyline of seeing him and his friends at the start of the war um, and then just their journey through everything terrible that happens in war and how that affects them. I thought that was really powerful. Uh, Yeah. There was some incredible cinematography. Uh, I liked how they took time to make these establishing shots where there's beauty around them everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, there's these gorgeous mountains and forests and serene pasture lands and, or serene pastures. And then you have this happening. Yeah. Um, but I think that that journey into starting happy to the very end where he's dead and it's kind of repeating the cycle of war at the very yeah. end. Um, I thought it was very powerful and mm-hmm. super well done. I don't know. What are your you, thoughts? You mentioned 1917 earlier, how, how it had some similarities and, and I, I agree with you. I, I do think this is better than 1917. Yeah, the, the only thing that I think that made 1917, maybe a little bit more unique as far as the movie was the continuous shots, right? Mm. Like that following the entire way through, like that, that was super unique about 1917. With this one, I think it's a better story. Um, part of that because the book has been around for ages. There's already been a movie made about it. So like it, it has a lasting, you know, this was written in the 19, 1920s, 1930s, I think is when the book was written very much as like a anti-war no one wins and especially in world war one like no nobody won right like yeah. it was a five-year war where the trench line move maybe maybe 60 miles which i'm like if for for you know the chattanooga people listening that's like here to murfreesboro that's not that far like when you really think about the vast scale of germany belgium france like that's that's nothing um and so like i i, I feel like they really kind of got the essence of this is especially that final scene. It's, this is completely meaningless. This is completely pointless. And now it's just, just to maybe make ourselves look a little bit better. And like, when we go to the surrender things, we're going to fight up till, you know, 11, 11, like we're literally going to that last moment. There's 10 minutes left in the war. 10 minutes left in war and we're going to go all out. Um, which is just like, but like it happened. And that, and that wasn't just like that one place that they were trying to depict. It was 
multiple locations all across the Western Front where they're like, yep, more than in 10 minutes, let's see who can get the last score. And it's and watching Paul, you know, almost make it out. And it's like you're seeing him and he's looking up at the the trench and he's fighting with the dude. And then this guy runs up and just bayonets him. And he's just like. Tragic. It really and was. I and, think. It, and it hits that. And then the scene where uh, the guy like kind of survives and he's like really in a bad shape. And then they're like, hey, they're going to sign the peace treaty and everybody's thing. And then he like just grabs the fork and just. Yeah. Like. He knew he was already done at that point. Yeah. Like he was going to be paralyzed was, or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want to live in this world. I don't want to live like this. And yeah. And then the comparison of, you know, they're marching to war and they're all singing their happy, you know, oh. schoolboy songs and stuff like that. And then like, just immediately you get thrown into, it's like, we need this vehicle because we have to haul all these yes. you know, people back. And, um, that quick change. I, I thought that was really artfully yeah. done. We're like, yeah, they're all happy. And all of a sudden there's a doctor with blood all over him. Like, yeah. I need and like immediately into the trenches and it's, it's like, real. Oh, dude's dead. And, uh, and that was hundred percent the way that world war one went. It was like fresh troops, front line, have fun. You're oh, half are dead. Um, it, it, it was very well done. Like as far as war movies, like I'm throwing this one up there with like, you know, saving private Ryan, thin mm-hmm. red line like it, it that le- like, very similar with thin red line of that very kind of like anti-war but this is still what's going on um you know it it had that kind of lasting impact for me when i was watching all those movies going like yeah but that's that's a good one mm-hmm. um and it's powerful yeah i felt the same way um yeah. one other shout out scene you mentioned this earlier maybe more time in the trenches but i thought when they first got to the trenches actually and it was downpour. It was a, there was a heavy, mm-hmm. heavy downpour. Yeah. You could see like they were just sloshing around in the mud, and like the new clothes that they had just gotten are now like fully soaked, like just fully soaked. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, gosh, that's horrible. Like that would yeah. just be so miserable. And I, yeah, and I think that's the only reason why I bring that up because I'm, I'm just remembering the book, like how much time they were spending in there. And like I get, like you don't want it to be repetitive and stuff like that, but like with a movie like that, it's okay to be. A little repetitive because the entire war was repetitive like you look at all the different oh we're going to do on this you know summer and you know summer advance and then this you know winter campaign and all like and it was the same you know same over and over and over and over again nobody nobody won yep and i liked um i liked the the friendships uh Mm -hmm. the the acting for the friendships in this um i forget the guy's name near the end that was like the mm-hmm. last guy left with him that like stole the duck with him or stole the uh, cat cat right cat yeah, i think so yeah. yeah um that that was like really heartbreaking mm-hmm. to lose you know to see him him lose that friendship as long as, as well as his other friendships but that one in particular i think the the guy that was acting or portraying that yeah. character did such a good job because he was yeah. so likable and i don't know yeah the, the whole scene where he learns that his son had passed away yeah. Uh, like the, the the connection there that they have and yeah i was yeah. like dang this is brutal yeah but overall very very good yeah. um we'll talk about it at the end i think on whether or not i yeah. think it's going to win best picture yeah uh, we'll see i feel i feel like we yeah i feel like we can get to the end and just kind of like go a quick hitter of like yeah could it win will it win should it win uh, i like that i like that criteria yeah all right well moving on then to avatar the way of water directed by old jim Old Jim Cam, Get me boy. known for all kinds of bangers. Don't need to talk about his movies, Titanic, 
Alien. Um, what else? What else is Avatar there? One? Avatar One. He has three of the top <laughs> top grossing movies of all time. I think like top five gross movie, grossing yeah, movies he, of all time. He does. So he's he's doing all right. Um, so let's let's start out with uh, the actors in this. So Sam Worthington is back. Zoe Saldana, um, Sigourney Weaver is back, and then Stephen Lang is Quark. So really, it's the the same exact cast almost, yeah. um, except for the new the new tribe that they come to, and then also his uh, children. Yeah. Um, so what would you what you what you dislike on this one, Zach? What I dislike. Um, it's very similar storylines mm. as Avatar. It's a similar. I mean, like you kind of get a similar feel kind of across the handful. Of, you know, this Pocahontas. I even think there's some like the patriot element in this of like the you know the son who dies and the you know revenge and that like it kind of had some of that like I don't know, it, same same song second verse like it that's that's my biggest complaint with this like it's not that it was a bad movie it just is that like yeah okay i've seen it i, I know how this is gonna basically end up one of his kids is gonna die they're all gonna come out and they're gonna beat the bad guys then and it's all gonna be yay it I, yeah i don't know i so same thing i think the biggest thing i struggled with was the plot it being mm-hmm. very samey and in you know some weird way video gamey if that makes sense like yeah, i follow that yeah we're bringing this guy back <laughs> from the dead and he's gonna keep coming for you trying to kill you and did well it didn't work over here so we got to run away and now we're going to learn new skills in a, in, a, in a new area from a new tribe and we're going to learn yeah. a new way of fighting and then we're going to fight the bad guys again. the way of water <laughs> the literal name of the movie <laughs> I didn't quite get the name uh, of the movie until that part where they came to the water tribe and I was like, okay, I see the naming. This, this makes sense now. Um, so yeah, I mean, not a groundbreaking yeah. story by by any means, no. but on the positive side, mm-hmm. I, well, I'll, I'll let you go first. What, what were some positives for you? I mean, positive, I mean, James Cameron is a master of utilizing new and existing technology and pushing it to its max. I mean, it, it just, you're watching this 3D, and there, there, there was one part where I like I can't remember uh, because I watched this so late. I, I watched this in theaters last Thursday, which is <laughs> way later than everybody else watched it. Right, I'm the only person in the theater, so like I'm having that whole thing kind of like watching it. And be like, huh? I kind of like pull my glasses out a little bit. I'm like, oh well, the depth of field is okay. This is like I, I could I could actually sit there and appreciate it, and not like cinematography is great. The the you know. The 3D is fantastic. Um, from a like from a technological point, great movie. Great movie. Yep, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I think visually, <laughs> visually, still very impressive. I remember feeling. I remember being impressed with Avatar One when it came out yep. in theaters. I was like, "Wow, this is cool 3D." And Avatar Two was the same way. I'm like, "Wow, this is cool 3D," uh, and it looks even better, you know, because we have better better visual technology now uh i think a lot of the water scenes were done particularly well because people may already know this but everything was filmed in a real water tank he had Mm -hmm. he had all these actors in their in their motion capture suits just swimming around in water for days on end and it worked it paid off i mean it really is the most realistic um water water visuals i've seen that are are animated at least in this one yeah 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 um 
yeah, I, I think it was a fun movie. My wife, like Hannah and I went to go see it together on a day off and we both enjoyed it. I was like, that was cool. Yeah. Like that was a cool movie. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the hopefully maybe the third movie, um, now that he's gotten the go ahead on making billions of dollars off this one, might as well, maybe he'll revisit the story a little bit and try to finesse that a, a bit. Maybe not the way of fire. <laughs> Please, no. we're, we're, we're literally like, look, it's 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 Avatar, exactly. right? You know, it's now we're getting into literally like, you know, the Nickelodeon Avatar, the right? We're going to get the we're get the last layer board. We're getting all four. Like you didn't know, like, you know, I know that I heard they're like revamping like the other Avatar. It really is just going to be Avatar three and just like, you know, exactly. Aang's just going to show up and you're like, yep, yep, let's go. Um, this is actually it, a story I, about the last airbender. It's been the story. You didn't know that. That's what it is. Um, yeah, it, it just, it, this feels a little, this feels like the Academy Award giving a little too much of a wink and a nod to the normal moviegoers that aren't going to be, you know, okay. I mean, like last year, right? Like not that many people saw Coda. Yeah. And I'm sure if you're watching that going like, wait, what movies this like you would have no idea so like i feel like this year there's a little bit more of a of a nudge towards uh hey uh, we can we got these movies that you've seen as well um let's, i just let's throw in some blockbusters let's throw in some yeah it's just i really want to like go and watch like a couple of the ones that were like the next list that were cut right like what, yeah. what was your 11 12 13 and just be like really we're going to say that these were yeah, whole picture movie, right? We're like that. These are not a better. When know. did when did the menu come out? Because have you have you seen that? I haven't seen it. My my sister told me I need to. Bro, this that seems like an Oscar nom movie. When I saw I, that, I was like, holy smokes! I wonder if it was after or past the the release point. I, I feel yeah. like it was like late December. If it, it was, was late, like was, yeah, it was a late movie. Um, so maybe it, maybe next year. I don't know. I'll yeah. see. Maybe maybe maybe. But yeah. It's cool that Avatar's here, and you know maybe maybe it got its merits on, on visuals and technology alone. Who knows? Who knows? Which you know, if that's the case, cool. He's pushing the medium forward. You know, he is. He's, he he's is. doing something. He's doing something. I'll allow it. All right, you heard it. Yeah, Zach's allowing it. I'll, I'll, allow, I'll allow James Cameron to continue uh, in operations. There you go, Jim. Keep making your billions and billions <laughs> of dollars. All right. So up next on our list, we have the Banshees of Inisherin uh, by Martin McDonough who is also known for a lot of like Shakespearean stuff uh, as an actor. Um, and he's directed, he's directed some other pretty like high profile in, films. Yeah. He's like, he was in Bruges, which is also mm-hmm. with Colin Farrell and Brendan mm-hmm. Gleeson. Um, it's kind of their reunion on that one. Um, yeah. So he's done other Irish films. He likes Colin Farrell. Yeah. A lot. He, he likes, his, he likes Irish. And I like Colin Farrell in Martin McDonough films. So yeah, this stars yes. Colin Farrell as Padraig. We have Brendan Gleeson as Colm. We have Kerry Condon, who you might know as he, he, does he play the Flash in the Justice? Oh no, 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 no. that's 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 Barry uh, Keegan. Ke- Keegan, yeah. Uh, Kerry Condon is um, uh, Shivan, the sister. Oh my bad, Barry Keegan. I jumped yeah. ahead. Yes, Kerry yeah. Condon is the sister. Yeah, Shivan. Barry Kerry. Uh, yeah, Barry Keegan. Yeah, is yeah. Uh, Dominic in this one. So there's like the recognizable actors and yeah. actresses from this movie. Um, but yeah, let's let's. I'll start with dislikes this time since you have to start with them. So, um, I don't have a lot for Banshees. I really like this movie. Um, maybe the only thing I could think of was like giving the audience a 
bit more of like a connection as to what's going on. I know that kind of reduces the film's artistic merits down. If you kind of give the audience a bit more as to like what this is supposed to be about. Yeah. Because at the very end, my wife and I both were like, what, (laughs) what What do we just watch? Yeah. Um, but I, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll, any, any dislikes, any dislikes. I think I'm with you on that. Um, which I feel like we're agreeing on, which was, I'm probably lower on this film. Um, than other ones, not because I didn't like it and not because there was necessarily anything wrong with it. It's just that there were other films that I'm like, yeah, I like that better. Um, it, it just, it, it took me having to like read the whole like thing to really be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, to truly kind of get what it was going for. Um, I'm not going to lie. I also watched this like two nights ago and it was late when I was watching it. So there was one part where I did not off and I was like, Zach, wait a minute. Okay. Exactly. Gotta wake up, wake up. Um, the one I say, that's the one downside about having more streaming movies that you can, you know, readily access, you know, mm-hmm. whatever platform is that you're watching from the comfort of your own couch. And sometimes when you're in the comfort of your own couch, you lay down and then you wake up and you'd be like, hang on, I got to rewind. Hold on. Um, I, missed, I missed something important. I think. Wait on. As there was a fiddle player that I came over, but it's he lied to him or something. I, He's throwing fingers now at people. I mean, there, there's some stuff like I. Yeah. Now looking back on it, there's stuff where I'm like, okay, I get what he's going for. But if you're just watching the movie and you have what, like, if you don't have the ability to like really take the time to dive into all of the imagery and symbolism and the and the um how to make sense of the absurd it feels absurd um i think that's like maybe like i understand that's kind of the point um but there's also part of i'm just like yeah okay i mean i i get it so but it yeah 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 i'm 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 in this yeah I think you and I unfortunately are agreeing on a lot of stuff but I I ended up loving this movie after I thought more about it I was like gosh what are they what a strange concept but I was like but I'm so glad that this was made and I'm just so glad that this is like a film that we have access to now because it's just so weird um yeah so I'll I'll read off this review from my friend Landry I put out a tweet um to ask people if they had seen any any films and if they had any ones that they were favorites and so Landry was the Banshees of Inisherin, and he said it was a favorite film of the year. Many have been quick to point out its brilliance as a metaphor for the wit, the windless stupidity of war. But what stuck out to me was the difference in philosophies of Colm and Podrick. Podrick saw the value in community. Podrick's mom and dad and sister were kind, and that's enough for him to remember them. He loves his community, even though he's not bright. Colm wants to be immortalized through his art and is willing to sacrifice his relationships and community to progress his version of truth. It was beautiful, focused, and funny film that had me thinking about it for weeks after I saw it. Um, so, I his his insight was a lot more well articulated yeah. than I ever could um, articulate something. But I, that's something I read after the fact that yeah. it is this juxtaposition, this, this comparison. Like war is always in the distance; they always kind of mm-hmm. reference it. You're like, why is there okay? Why is there a war happening? And like, okay, whatever. Uh, but it is this juxtaposition of like two people trying to make sense of of like what's going on and, yeah. and how they want to like live their lives now knowing that there's war and then you know time is futile so yeah one person wants to spend it with the people he loves and like be okay with that and the other person wants to like be remembered uh for more yeah. than just going to a pub every single day with his friend 
And uh, the way it plays out is just so wild. Like just this friendship that ends yeah. abruptly. You know, it feels like an old high school or like a middle school or not even middle school, like elementary school friendship where like, mm-hmm. I'm not friends with you anymore, you know? And yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Like Brendan Gleason did such a good job. Colin Farrell did such a good job. Um, the fact that he like literally was throwing fingers at his door, you know, and it ends up killing his uh, donkey. Like, <laughs> yeah, poor Jenny, poor such Jenny. A, such a such a strange, strange. It, yeah it was it was it was like the, the acting on this is fantastic you know cinematography is great you know storyline um again not my favorite of of the 10 i got a, like a mid-range ranking i'm not like like some people are like oh man this should win and i'm like eh, i don't know if i'm going to go that far um but yeah, the, the the juxtaposition of of the the war side of stuff, and you have it in the background, and they never really explain what it is. You just know you're in Ireland, you know you're sometime in the early 1900s. There's a war mm-hmm. going on, right? Yep. So you know, of course, I do some digging around. I was like, okay, this is the Irish Civil War. There's some remarks about the you know the IRA versus you know the uh, I don't know what the other one's free something or another. Yeah. Um, and I think the the one thing that I, I kind of walked away after I read it and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's this whole idea of that there are people that are so entrenched in what they're fighting for, right? Be this physical fighting, like actual, like, you know, guns and warships and the whole nine yards, or just, you know, you know, feuding on an, you know, remote island. And that it's it's stuff has happened where you don't even remember in the first place why you're actually even fighting. And then all of a sudden things get just get to a point where it no longer matters why you were fighting in the first place because things are just so far gone that there is no coming back. So like you have this whole juxtaposition where you have finally um, calm at the end being like, yeah, I shouldn't have killed your donkey. Uh, I- I'm sorry about that. And he's like, you can see the regret finally starting to sit in and, and Parik's like, nah, man, we're done. And we're not even and yeah i burned your house down made sure to save your dog you're welcome but like yeah uh, you're dead to me um and like it's so funny because he spends the entire movie trying to figure out like why do you hate me so much how can i get you back on my side and then that one thing happens and it's crossed the line and there's no turning back like that was the one part that was just like okay all right i I, i'm gonna put this higher on my list now because now i understand what you're going for and i like it um yeah. yeah, and the and and um, I I had a chance to read the 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 Twitter uh, threads as well before and that you put out and that also was like okay all right there's some more depth to this that maybe that I don't maybe I was just tired and I didn't fully comprehend everything until after I read it and yeah. I, there's still other movies that I like better sorry to the banshees of the Sharon lovers but um, that's okay yeah. you don't have to like everything um, that's. But yeah, I really liked it and, um, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one a lot and I, a good buddy, Idris Garcia is a huge Martin McDonough fan. Um, he's, yeah. he's, he made me watch in Bruges, um, mm. when we were in college, he's like, you're going to love this. And yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> such a good movie. Uh, so yeah, I know he loves it too. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people probably left this with this one, like liking it but probably because it's a martin mcdonough film not necessarily yeah. people who came into this not knowing who martin mcdonough was are like what what was that yeah no. I, yeah so. i can see if you have no background on on kind of the more absurd 
nature of some of McDonough's films, like you'd be a little kind of like, huh, what's happening? Yeah. Okay. So, There's fingers. Lots of fingers, lots of fingers <laughs> and pints. Um, all right, well, let's, let's jump over to Elvis. Uh, so directed by Baz Luhrmann, who is known for like Moulin Rouge, Australia, The Great Gatsby, the mo- more recent one, um, and like Romeo and Juliet, both of those featuring uh, our, our boy Leo. Mm. Um, starring Austin Butler as Elvis. And I don't really know what else Austin Butler is from. Forgive this me. feels like the first as far as like big, okay. big ticket stuff. I, I, I hadn't heard of him until this movie, so... I know he's in some. He's been in some other smaller stuff, but yeah, this is kind of his bigger, bigger role he's had. Yeah. And Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. Who? Um, Who's that? Tom. 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 Who? <laughs> who is Tom Hanks? Uh, so I'll start with dislikes on this one. Um, I did not like this man. Mm-hmm. I did not like Elvis. Uh, mm-hmm. I think using Colonel Tom Parker, uh, the snowman, or however he, he refers to himself, snow jobs and all this stuff. I think that was a mistake to use him as the storytelling device. Mm. I like the artistic choice of using sort of the villain of Elvis's story to, yeah. Elvis to kind of see it through his lens. Um, but I, I just didn't like Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. The, the the makeup wasn't super convincing and his voice was just a little bit, uh, just didn't, didn't sell me on the character very well. And I did not like uh, the cuts I did not like the artistic decisions and how they would make cuts and, you know, these, these different, different throwbacks to yeah. scenes from Elvis's different lot, like different, it was, it was very disjointed. And I think intentionally yeah. so, because uh, I was trying to show like the chaos kind of that was going on in Elvis's life at the time, sure. because the story is incredible. I love the story of Elvis. I'm from Memphis. You know, we, we, we love Elvis there. Uh, but overall I was just like, man, the, I, the story is great. I was like, but the way that this yeah. was told, I did not like. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm. I'm uh, this is. I feel like this is. This is the only movie that we both like talked about prior to tonight, yeah. and both of us were in the same boat. We're just like, ah, it. This is probably the one that I had like, like, I don't want to say the highest expectations, but I think that was like one of the ones I was most excited about watching. I had great loved, things about it. Yeah, I mean, like, and I, and I knew the acting was going to be, you know good especially from austin butler he was getting the awards you know left and right um and i love oslerman films like moulin rouge romeo and juliet like fantastic movies like i love them so much and i, I just remember like halfway through the movie i was just like this is a like i can tell this is a boslerman film right and i don't know if i want to be telling that it's a boslerman film while what like watching movie about elvis um i had a long conversation at lunch today with some of the other teachers and you know just was like hey finally made it through all 10 they were like well and somebody brought up elvis and um one of the teachers was just basically saying it's just like you know there's there's so much stuff that boz learning you know can get away with stories that are already more kind of like fantastical right Great Gatsby, the whole point of that is kind of the over-the-top nature of it, right? Moulin Rouge, like, absolutely. Like, Romeo and Juliet, like, already kind of has this, like, you know, fictional Shakespeare build-up, and then on top of that, like, you throw in this whole kind of, like, retelling in a modern era. Like, it works with that, to have that kind of fantastical feel toward it. When you're doing a biopic, I don't know if that's the right style to go with. And and I agree with you, like, the, the cuts just, it felt like 
oh yeah, well, this works for Gatsby. This works for Moulin Rouge. Like you can have all these kind of like, hang on, where are we in the storyline? But like, it, it works because the stories allow it to work. When you have something that is a true story, when you have something that is based off of a, yes, Elvis himself is a very over the top, you know, very thematic, very loud character. Yeah. Um, it just, there's, there's, there's so much in Elvis's life that I feel like even if they had, if they wanted to do that kind of over the top, if they had started halfway into his life, right. Even if it's just kind of the getting to that switch to go to the, like the Las Vegas side and really hone in on that with the absurdity when you factor in, you know, the, you know, the chaos that is Las Vegas plus the drugs plus the, you know, that would have felt more okay to me. Yep. But when you're trying to mix that with, you know, okay, he's a child of Mississippi and he's, you know, getting a start on these shows and, you know, the girls are going, like, it, it just felt too too scattered um yeah i think that's the best way to describe it it was just very unfortunately scattered because i think yeah. yeah if they had followed the through line all the way mm -hmm. and didn't try to like just didn't try to do as much bouncing back and forth between stuff yeah. and telling these little small snippets of stories everywhere i think it would have been more powerful because yeah. again the story is incredible and it's yeah. kind of sad um but it would be it would have been interesting if it had not been done in the baz Luhrmann style yeah uh, so yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but I, yeah, what I did like, I mean, I liked the story of Elvis. I liked mm -hmm. seeing all the historical characters. I liked seeing Beale Street. Um, yeah. I think Austin Butler as Elvis, he did really, really, really well. Uh, yeah. I still think the makeup choices for him as well were a little bit off just because like, you know, Elvis, while he still would wear makeup and stuff, he really was like a pretty masculine looking person still. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that they put so much eyeshadow on Austin Butler and yeah. really accentuated like his jaw and stuff like that. It just didn't, obviously, I mean, there's not that much they can do about that, but it just, it was a little bit jarring still in that way, but from an acting standpoint, incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Liked for you. Acting wise was great. There, there definitely were, there were points, especially when it would cut to the black and white, like I was almost showing you kind of like that, like, Oh, here's, here's like the B real footage of, you know, just what's going on and stuff like that. And like, you know, you're getting like the camera shot up. Like there were points where I was just like, hang on, is this actual Elvis footage? And like that side of stuff. And then like realizing, oh no, 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 that's, that's not like, that's the kind of stuff I was just like, man, that is impressive. Uh, you know, just cinematography and making it feel um, like it. And it's, it's that almost made it worse for me. Cause I was like, you have the ability to do that. Like I'm, I'm watching this going, that feels so real. I can't tell if it is actually Elvis or if that's Austin. And I think that part of it was just like, you're so close. You're so yeah. close. Why not just use the just real footage go, from this? Go with that, go with that set, like go with that feel as opposed to this like, yeah, hypnotic, whatever that, you know, is bothering. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Elvis, you know, yeah, cool story. If you if you like Elvis, you'll like you'll like this story. I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, other than that, I was like, yeah. One other note that I I put in this like, I'm trying to think of like the last like biopic musician type thing, right? And the biggest one I can think of is Bohemian Rhapsody, right? That or Rocket Man, yeah. 
Yeah, like with with Bohemian Rhapsody, like I feel like that was so well. Like it still gets you kind of like the crazy nature of Queen, but you get from the start to the end or near the end, and it never felt like chaos. Like it never felt like you. You felt like you got the whole story, and you're like watching it, and it was impactful, and it was like I was like, if they had just kind of gone with that approach, yeah, it it could have been great. Could have been, could have been good. Didn't get there. Okay. That's okay. Sorry. Right. Maybe next time. Maybe maybe someone else will make the Elvis story again. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So everything, everywhere, all at once. This is a, this one. I, when did this come out, man? This came out early, early. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was like February, maybe, maybe yeah. January, even. Like this. This is weird because it has that staying power, and most Academy Award pictures do not have. Like if you come out in January, it's over. You're yeah, you good luck. Got an uphill battle. Yeah. So yeah, directed by Daniel Kwan, who previously, I think his most recent film he directed was Swiss Army Man. Which... He does it he does it with another Daniel. Um Daniel uh Scheinert. Oh, there's two directors. Um, and so there the Yes, there's two directors, yeah. So Daniel Kwan, Daniel Schreiner, so they're just known as the Daniels. Okay. What they're called. Um Daniels. So this is also like the first time that I can remember there being a best picture nom that also has best director stuff where it's two directors and not one which is more mm. rare but it's kind of cool yeah a cool little tidbit there kind of cool kind of fun but have you seen swiss army man Mm-mm. are you familiar with that with that no. uh, movie? Uh-uh. it is wild so two things you should yeah. know about it it's got daniel radcliffe uh and he's a dead body and he's washed up on shore with a, a shipwreck essentially or like a wreck and this guy that's also that's alive on the on the on the island essentially befriends dead Daniel Radcliffe, Swiss Army man, and uses him to escape the island. <laughs> uses this dead Daniel Radcliffe to escape the island because he's like kind of um, alive even though he's dead. Um, and Manchester, I need, I need Manchester, to see this. Yeah, it's nuts. And Manchester Orchestra. If, if you know Ooh, who that is, you're okay. So your your wife is the reason why I know Manchester Orchestra. Oh, she, that's cool. She, yeah, she like. I don't remember what we're having conversations at some point. She was like, Well, have you heard of, you know, this is like actually happened? She's like, Go listen to this album. I was like, Okay, well, oh, all right. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah, I think honestly, that's the same for me. And she introduced <laughs> me to them, and her brother is a big fan too. So we got to go see them live, but they're they're great. They're they're really cool. Yeah. If you're listening, you haven't heard them yet, check them out. Really, mm-hmm. really talented folks. Uh, Andy Hole is, has a crazy voice. And anyways, they made the soundtrack for this movie. And it's but it's but it's all with acapella noises and like singing so like no instrumentation because they wanted to like kind of recreate what it'd be like to be on an island what kind of music mm, what kind of that's instru- cool. what kind of instrumentation would you have on an island you know so it's a lot of clapping like and it's just it's wild but anyways, we're not okay. talking about that movie we're talking about everything everywhere all at once yes starring michelle yo as evelyn stephanie sue as joy jamie lee curtis as deidre and kehue kwan I don't know how to pronounce his name. Forgive me. Uh, as Wayman Wang. And um, yeah, I'll let you start with dislikes. Do you have any uh, yeah. dislikes for everything, everywhere? All uh, if you don't understand the uh, multiverse, you'd be really lost. And that's about the only critique I have about this movie. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think it's it's a little confusing if like my, my parents watch this and they're like, what? They're like they were so confused. They're like, I don't understand. I don't understand this movie. It was weird. Uh, yeah, but I, I think, yeah, same as you. 
multiverse maybe not the best attachment if you don't get it and also maybe a little bit like predictable on the storytelling stuff um but other than that i mean because it's just wrapped around this crazy idea (laughs) it works so like you know what the fact that they have such a like cemented normal storyline but with all this other crazy stuff attached to it it's great yes great uh so yeah uh likes what'd you what'd you like about this movie um i mean visually it's amazing great storyline great action it, when you're comparing, like, you know, I know Marvel's starting to dip their toes into all the multiverse stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, there's some stuff that even like, so like Loki, right? You know, it, it took a, it, I feel like it took them more to try to like establish how all of that stuff works. And like, um, everything, everywhere, all at once just kind of drops in. It's just like, boom, multiverse. Here it is. Here's how it works. And like within five minutes, you're like, yep, got it. Um, and I, I feel like just being able to explain that whole concept in just like during the IRS like office and he's like in the elevator and he's just like explaining all this stuff and you're like, yep, got it. I, yeah, sold. Sure, um, sure. Acting is great. Um, there are like even even the 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 crux of the storyline, right? Where it's this, you know, like and and, and the, the Daniels basically said like when I read about this, they were like, let's make a film where we just basically say this is a film entirely made from the point of view of nihilism. Nothing matters. Let's just make a film and start at that point. Okay. And that's our baseline understanding. Right. And if nothing matters, then every little thing matters. Right. Like every little moment is what you savor to get meaning out of things when just like everything's chaotic and nothing matters. Like it, that's individual kind of like boom, 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 boom. It's all that crux. And I love that. It, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And then like the the ending scene, um, you know, again, we if you're listening to this, like, sorry, I should have mentioned the top, but yes, yeah, it's spoiler for all cast, of this. all of this yeah. stuff. Like, sorry, but it's also been out for a year, and you should have seen it by now because everybody's seen it by now. Um, it when it ends the whole thing, and you know, you're you're having you know a daughter who just is so far gone and just like a way like she can't even get the point of of life and it's just trying to pull as far away from mother and like the mother just like does whatever she can to just like be able to fight back against that you know um you know everything bagel and it's so absurd like the whole concept of the movie is so absurd for such a simple like she runs a laundromat and they're being audited by the irs like it's such a simple storyline and they make so much out of it. Um, they don't even the, they don't even make so much out of it. They literally just attach yeah. all of these insane stories to that simple, yeah. that simple concept. Um, and, and like, uh, there are I, I had I have I've always said that there you know there was one movie that made me cry right in in everything right and it's it's Wonderful Life right it is it is every movie I watch I'm comparing it to okay. Does it does it check the box of its wonderful life? Because that's, that's my that's my be all end all standard of everything. And I had to realize though, and so I corrected myself on this one. Um, there's actually a second movie that's made me cry also, and just you know, just a couple of tears got really. For whatever reason, when I was living in California, like my roommates were like, "Hey, let's all get together and watch Homeward Bound," right? Uh. And when you're doing that, when you're missing your dogs and you're on the other side of the country, and like, not good. 
not good. I realized that there were, I had actually do need to add something. So there was actually, this is number three. Uh-huh. Like the, the last scenes, right. Where she's pulling them in out of that whole thing. And basically that whole, like, you know, well, nothing matters. And the whole thing of just like, well, no, like then it's all the little things that we do. It's all the moments we have together. Like that's, that's what matters then. If nothing, if nothing matters that those little things, that's what gives life meaning. And I was just like, that's profound. <laughs> so that's deep. Number three, this is number three, third movie. Um, I think for me, I'm trying to think of movies that I've cried from. Probably, I've cried from a lot of movies, but on the top of my head, The Last Samurai, cried on that one, and um, Marley and Me. Don't watch that movie if you if you're a dog yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, this one, yeah, I I loved it, man. I just think it's both a comedy and like a very sweet like family story, mm-hmm. and. I think Jamie Lee Curtis was brilliant in her all of her roles or her incarnations in this movie. The just the fight choreography was yeah. insane. Um, what they do with the different multiverses that they're in, I think, is really creative. Um, all those are like super fun. So yeah, I mean, this is just like this is like a classic, super fun, but also like warm-hearted movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, those those are just those are very rare or like very few, yeah. like far and few between few and far between. Uh, so yeah, I, I love this movie. My uncle's a huge sci-fi fan and he actually recommended this first cause I, had, I hadn't really heard it yet. And he was like, Oh, you guys got to watch this. You know, we were, yeah. vis- we were visiting him. You guys, you guys got to watch this movie. It's so good. And we're like, okay. And sure enough, yeah. he was right. So shout out uncle Randy. Thanks for the wreck. Shout out Randy. I had some, uh, had some, uh, seniors that worked in movie theater and, this is, I mean, this is last last year, not a year ago, and they're like, "Flash, have you seen everything ever wrote once?" So I was like, "What the?" Man, That's what, a long title. Yeah, the what of the what of the what? Um, no, you you got to see it. it. It's so good. And I, I part of me like is always going to be hesitant when seventeen and eighteen year olds come to me so and like, good. "It's so good." Because like you're using the same verbiage that you use with like when you're talking about like any Marvel movie or like you know, yeah, uh, you know, so Despicable Me three or whatever. Like I'm just like. <laughs> Okay, I, I got a standard of level that like I'm gonna meet before I'm like gonna throw out like oh it's so good. Um, Puss in Boots, the newest one, apparently Puss is in Boots too. Apparently, yeah, it fits that criteria. It's really it good. Does. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna be like, I'm good, man. Like that's not my, but just, um, just wait. Yeah, it 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 really was. Nah, I should have listened to them earlier because I didn't even watch this till probably about you know three or four weeks ago, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, this is. It's good stuff. This is good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. That it is. Yeah. So kudos to all those folks involved. Fun, fun movie. One, one of the, <laughs> one of the top ones for me from this yeah. list. All right, The Fablemans, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, about Steven Spielberg loosely, I guess, or closely, not really. Uh, semi-autobiographical, if you just call it. Yeah. So starring Michelle Williams as Mitzi, the mom. Uh, Gabriel LaBelle as Sammy, uh, who is Steven Spielberg's essentially character. Paul Dano as Bert, the dad. And Seth Rogen as Benny, like the close family friend. Um, so yeah, I'll start with this one on on dislikes. Yeah. Um, I think I don't really have like much negative to say about this. I think it was... Steven Spielberg is one of the most prolific directors... Yeah. of all time 
And I think this story was told well that showed a lot of their stuff. I just think some of the some of the scenes that they chose to depict or pull out because it was a fictionalized version felt almost a little disconnected. I almost would have liked more of a biopic um, yeah. because his life is already so interesting. Um, the fact that they made this a bit more exaggerated kind of took yeah. away from it in certain scenes, more and more in the high school setting, you know, when he's confronting the jocks and doing, dealing with all that kind of stuff. I was just like, okay, this feels a little, a little chintzy, a little cheap. Um, but yeah, overall, um, you know, it, it's one of those, it, I was like, that was good. Like that yeah. was a cute movie. That was good. Um, yeah. and that, that's, that's kind of my takeaway from a dislike standpoint. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of in the uh, similar boat. Um, it did feel kind of some cliche tropes that you would typically get of, you know, I'm, I'm not discrediting by any means of the, uh, you know, um, oh, you're a Jewish family moving to a majority Protestant area of California, and now you're dealing with, you know, like I'm not trying to, it just, there's some stuff where I'm like, okay, this feels a little too you know hammer on the nail right straightforward um which i mean maybe there's an aspect where you know like spielberg you know the way he looks back and remembers that time frame was that way um so like i don't want to like discredit any of that it yeah it just felt kind of a little too cliche in the the jocks and the you know the popular kids and the yeah you know the nerds and their camera and the you know unfortunately yeah. maybe that was just like the product of its time like you know i mean yeah maybe maybe because we're, we're used to a different school system i think that's that still exists like those clicks yeah uh but yeah it yeah it just seemed it felt like something we had kind of seen somewhere else where i was just like okay yeah right. and i i i think i went into it kind of being like man you're really going to get into the you know the the start of you know spielberg's career and all like i think there i think i was just wanting you know, they they got into that last ending scene where he's with the big movie director that he yeah. had grown up watching and you know he's basically getting like you know you know where's the horizon like you know like that was fun like, yeah. like which that was a fun scene and i was like honestly like i would have if that had gone on another half hour or i was actually getting to see kind of like that start into you know what he was trying to do like i think then i would have been like okay this felt a little bit more like the you know semi-autobiographical that i was you know looking for um it yeah honestly i would have been like it if they do a part two of this like it'd be really cool to just see his his move through the actual hollywood yeah. know, industry at, after this point so him him yeah. making his first big huge films you know just just seeing that behind the scenes kind of storytelling of like how yeah. it came to be and what that all looked like you know i think it'd be that'd be that'd be fun yeah i agree but yeah and, and then in terms of likes you got like anything stand out to you in this one? Um, the acting with Michelle Williams and Paul Dano were both great and both very much like, you know, you have your, again, there's some kind of like that stereotypical, like the free spirited parent and the very practical one, but like they did it so well that it didn't feel like, you know, I'm watching that kind of like just the acting on that was really well done there. The scene, um, you know, where Sammy is talking to the, the, you know, the kid who's playing the soldier in his movie. And it's like, he goes through fighting this whole thing. And then they're finally like, they're having this long winded thing and they're both like crying 
when he's explaining what he's trying to get out of like like that's where i was just like okay that's the that's the spielberg yeah. you know passion and the, the you know the the minutia of detail that he focuses in on of like this is why this character is experiencing this i was just like that right there that is the that's that spielberg magic mm-hmm. um so you know love that it's it was a good movie it felt safe yeah. I don't know if I, it did. There, there wasn't really any like big, you know, risk or anything with it. It just it felt like a safe, solid, well acted, semi-autobiographical yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Gabriel uh, Labelle, who played Sammy, or yeah. Steve, I think he did a great job. I liked his character yeah. a lot. I, liked, I think the way he played um, Sammy was yeah. really, really well done. Um, I agree, and. Yeah, Paul Dano. I was. It's funny seeing him. I'm like, dude, this guy is like in so many movies. He's he's usually playing the creepy like bad guy. I was like, but it's kind of nice to see him as like the nice, just good upstanding dad, just trying to yeah. do right by his family. Uh, yeah. So that yep. was that was good. I'm glad he got a positive role to play instead of a creepy, yeah. creepy bad guy role. <laughs> yeah, or the gullible like you know. But but my oil, my oil was here. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's it's cool to cool to see that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump over to Tar. Tar. Wowie. Uh, directed by Todd Field, mm-hmm. who previously has been known for for films like Little Children, and uh, he's acted in some Kubrick 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 films, Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick films. Um, starring Kate Blanchett as Lydia Tar, and the other notable actor you would really know would be Mark Strong. Mm-hmm. It's Elliot Kaplan. He has kind of a small role. Everyone else in this was pretty uh, a pretty new actor or a yeah. smaller smaller actor actress that was in the in the film. And uh, yeah, what's uh, what, what what what's your dislikes on this one? Um, I feel like the collapse happens a little too fast. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I get the whole kind of like there are you know these little kind of markers along the way that you know kind of signal that you know something could be a, a ride but like when you finally get to the point where it's like oh here's this footage that clearly has been edited but now your entire career is just like i was like that that was it, it there was that one part it just felt like for everything else that felt so methodical almost or like you know suspenseful or you know thriller you know suspicion like it just to have everything be like oh well here's this one thing and now we're gonna just you know cut you from it's like like yeah okay all right um not to say that you know i didn't it, it, you know, enjoy kind of seeing, you know, all right, what the, what was the fallout of all this? Um, it, it felt for something that took so like the pacing was almost like painfully slow at some points where you're like, you're really getting into the like daily. Okay. Are you paranoid? Is are you seeing things? Are you hallucinating? Is this real? Yeah. Is this not? And then to be at the point where it's like, okay, there was something. And you're like, Okay, give me, give me, give me some more. Let, let that really soak in a little bit. Um, that was my biggest kind of like hang up with this movie. 
So. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I read this is one I had to read a synopsis for afterwards mm-hmm. as well. Because in full disclosure and full embarrassment, I did not realize that this was a fictional character. I like literally when I first had heard about this, I was like, yeah. Lydia Tar, a real composer. Uh, yeah. It's a true story um, because it was done so well. And I was like, this could be a real situation. Um, it's not yeah. just, just in case you're wondering, she is a fake. This is a completely fictional story. Took me about 20 minutes into that to be like, hang on, let me Google this. this oh, okay, she's the fictional. All right, move on. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah. But um, I think like you, there, the very ending of this has her conducting in the Philippines for mm-hmm. a Monster Hunter like video game conference as like the ultimate like loss from prestige that she yeah. once had. Um, and I, yeah, I think they could have done a little bit more to connect the story that they're trying to tell to like, is she schizophrenic or is this like all really happening? Um, I mean, I think that's kind of fun that you have to kind of guess and just, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, so in, in that sense, that is fun. That's what's fun about this movie. Um, but I, I, don't, I didn't have like a ton of major dislikes. I, I really feel like this movie was done super well. It's just, it wasn't my favorite movie because I'm not, I don't know, maybe I wasn't in the right mood to receive this kind of movie, mm-hmm. but I didn't even know it was like a thriller kind of suspenseful drama either. I was just yeah. like, what is this? Like, like as soon as like those scenes where she's walking through her house at night, like I got kind of scared. I was like, oh, this is creepy. Like, I don't like this. Yeah. There's like a stalker person and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I didn't notice it during the watch, but there are scenes where the um, Krista Taylor, the the woman who was her protege that ended up killing yeah. herself, um, she's kind of stalking her for a while. And in certain scenes, you can see her in like her house, uh, if you look Ooh. closely enough, or that scene where she's she's in the talk show in the very beginning, and there's the red hair, like just like watching that. I one, did that catch was, that. That was her. there's there's one scene where the daughter wakes yes, up yeah. and is like screaming and then like faint outline in like the corner of the room yes so and that creepy. was creep i was so i got paused i was like hang on rewind because, yeah because i wasn't watching that closely but then I, I saw this afterwards someone was talking about how all, all the times that krista yes. showed up in the house and i was like oh my god gosh that is unsettling like i yes. hate that yeah like, i didn't even see it that's how scared like i was like ooh, i'm creeped out um so maybe that's what i disliked about it, it was just it was a little too creepy for me uh but uh, and i think I, you use the you use the word unsettling and I, I feel like that is a very good you know just it, it, that's that's the feel for the whole movie it's unsettling, um yeah. it's unsettling even when it's not something like of stuff that's going on in the house it still is like you never feel settled with the relationship uh that that she has with with her wife um you never quite are sure what's the relationship with this new you know russian player you never know what's the relationship with chris like like they don't let you into any of that like we're not going to let you ever feel you know with with a couple of exceptions where we're going to talk about like Mm-hmm. oh yeah you this you were you know you were my safe person this we were able to go through this together and now you're not here. like you you very rarely got those kind of like vignettes it was everything just felt unsettling which was very well done it was um, and i think kate blanchett as going into the likes because i think we're kind of already yeah. Yeah, yeah. into that i think she crushed it in playing yep. this character i was like oh my 
gosh, because like there were some long cuts, like in that very opening scene where she's talking about music. I was like, mm-hmm. this is so well written. Um, yeah. And acted. I was like, man, they they had to have hired on some like professional musicians to like talk about some of this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, and I like. You know, hey, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, you're good. Keep no, it up. I was just gonna say, I think the tie-in to uh, music is kind of a cool theme throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, like thinking about a score specifically and how she controls time and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it speeds up and slows down like you're talking about, like goes crazy and then it kind of slows down. But then I love the, the Mahler, the fifth symphony as yeah. like the, the final thing that she's trying to achieve, um, in the very end scene where she's at that massage place, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, then five. Yeah. Yeah. Number five is the one that looks at her and, uh, she like, you know, throws up outside, obviously racked with guilt, I guess, from what she's kind of trying to yeah. still process that she's done. Uh, but yeah, there's like, there were some really cool artful decisions made. Um, again, an unsettling movie, but from a art standpoint, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Agree with you. Anything else on a like standpoint, move on. I think, yeah, I think we're going to move on. Um, so like we kind of, we talked about it. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Top Gun Maverick by Joseph Kosinski starring Tom Cruise as Maverick and Jennifer Connelly as Penny. Miles Teller as Rooster, Val Kilmer as Iceman, and John Hamm as Cyclone. There's more actors that are and actresses that are great in this film. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, I'll talk about dislikes on this one. Let's see. I I think this the plot was the 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 weakest part of this, only because it was like so similar or just mm-hmm. like there's bad gas and we got to do this thing and it's going to be really hard, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, that was about it. I think that, that was my only dislike from this one. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, um, um, yeah, it did have a similar feel to kind of like the traditional, we got to go and, um, you know, we have this impossible mission and, you know, you guys might not make it out alive. And this whole training montage of like, it's not possible. And then you're like, wait, no, it is possible um he's amazing yeah i mean like like some of that stuff was still kind of like all right yeah we're still getting into the you know 1980s throwback tropes here um jeez little bit of cheese yeah um and um i think i think the biggest hang up and um you know i i there, there's no pretty much every single other movie that's in this list in some capacity, right? Has that like, here's our commentary on the human condition, mm-hmm. right? This doesn't have that. This is just straight up like blockbuster. It's Tom Cruise back in the F-16s, and we're going to you know, we're, we're getting you back in that nostalgia. Yeah, I mean Russians, you know, Korean. Like we don't know who this is. They they left it morally ambiguous of like oh, yeah, you know, right. what which one is it we don't know who it is um so like that's like that's the biggest kind of like where i see just like red flag as far as you know could this win best picture i'm like where's the human condition element of it like and there's you know little kind of hints of it but it wasn't it was more just like the you're the reason my dad's done i have to get over my my beef with you that is you know not really perceived because you know he made his own there. Yeah. 
that's the biggest kind of like you're not getting into talking about you know the different class systems you're not getting into this you know you know mental processing whatever you're not getting even into like the environmentalism that avatar hits into you know like so it's like there's everything kind of has something to where they're trying to make some sort of commentary somewhere in there right yeah. doesn't really have that this is very much just like it's an action movie yep have fun and i think that's a that's honestly an advantage of this film it's it's one of its strengths because out of all the movies on this list this is the one that i think i had the most fun with when i just watched it i was like oh that was 100%. awesome that was 100%. cool that yeah. was cool that was awesome yeah like i didn't yeah i didn't have to think about it i was just having fun it was just yeah. a great action movie with pretty good characters you know yep. a, a pretty compelling storyline i think miles teller as rooster's son was like a really i, I think a cheap connection but like a cool connection i was like cool whatever great i like this like yeah. it did you know get me in the feels a little bit you know that thinking about like rooster being dead and yeah. the whole their whole confrontation and reconciliation on the uh yeah. air base where they steal the f-16 and <laughs> fly out of there uh but yeah it's just like it's just so fun just a fun yeah. cool movie this this felt like um you know we, we talked earlier about like avatar being you're like hey here's your nod to your blockbuster movies and like for me i was like you didn't need avatar being nominated because you had top gun you already had top gun and nobody was sitting there being like well top gun only got nominated because it's just you know blockbuster." like top gun is a fun good movie that pretty much every like all the categories of like what makes a good movie like it checks right cinematography the sound the action you know the acting is you know for an action movie good um and like, it's better it's better than the first movie it, it is absolutely it is it truly it's, is I, I tried um, watching i tried watching top gun for the first time i think a year ago but before this kid come out yeah i was like i should watch the first one fully all the way through and i was i watched it and i was like this this is not a good movie like i mean there's some like cool elements like, it's that is- nostalgia 80s feel of like yeah this was like and like you know then becomes like cult classic almost so we're like oh yeah top gun it's like that like no this by far is a better movie than the first one the romance um, didn't even make sense in the first one i'm like what is happening with this wait, romance he took up with his instructor like what is going on but he goes What's to her with house this volleyball scene and like showers there but then like nothing happens and pieces out i'm like what is happening in this film um, there, yeah it, this is a much better film it's the exact type of like i would have felt there's a lot of these movies where i'm like I, I was totally fine watching this at my house, right? This is not one. This is one I was like, absolutely. I needed to be in that theater seat. I needed mm-hmm. to go. I like being there. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want from a movie going perspective. Yeah. So good on them for that because it was a fun movie. It, it just was. was fun. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it uh my boss's house he had our Ooh. team over to watch top gun maverick as a team bonding experience and uh he had a pretty good sound system actually so it like we got that effect at least where like all those cool scenes with the jets and all yeah. the jazz it was like <laughs> like he had it super loud i was like that's okay. fine okay that's fine. but i mean you, you have to have that like i mean look like tar you don't need to be in the theaters to see that to get the idea even like 
you know, even Banshees and All Quiet on the Western Front, even like I was fine watching All Quiet on the Western Front in my in my basement. Like, yeah, could it have been enhanced by being in the theaters? Sure, but like I didn't need that. This is one that I was like, no, I needed that. That was that just hit all the nostalgia feels on every category going. I was like, yeah, this is good. I like this. Yeah, Avatar and Top Gun were the yeah. two that I think you would have to see. And Avatar, I think you really would need to see in 3D because yes, I tried I watching did. the original Avatar at home. Not I had, I think I had it on Blu-ray and I was like, this is not as, nope. as cool. Nope. <laughs> this not. is not that awesome. It's not. Yeah. But yeah, fun movie, man. Fun movie. It, is. it really is. John Hamm is like the, you know, strict overarching guy that's in charge. It was great. Val Kilmer's little scene was heartfelt that was yes that was that was great um yeah so i think just yeah great movie great film fun stuff all right last two we have triangle of sadness the wildest of all the movies yes by ruben ostland who was previously known for force majeure or major um which is like a french comedy drama dark comedy where it's about like a family that goes to like a ski resort and like a major avalanche occurs and i think like he pretends he thinks that like they're going to die and like does something irresponsible or bad. And then, then they all end up living. And then he has to like deal with his spouse and the, the poor things that the poor choice he made right before he thought they were all going to die. Um, anyways, not related to this film necessarily, but this is starring Harris Dickinson who plays Carl, uh, Charlie Dean as Yaya, Dolly Day Leon as Abigail and Woody Harrelson as the captain. I like, I like how they just didn't even give him a name. He's just, the captain. He's the captain. He's just the captain in this. Uh, so yeah, what what uh, what dislikes do you have for this one, Zach? It was it was weird. So uh, they the the entire line about like like how they named the movie right, the Triangle of Sadness. It literally is mentioned once at the very beginning. Of it was like, will you relax your Triangle of Sadness? There's like this area, and like mm-hmm. that's the only reference. And I was like. I don't know the connection to the rest of this movie. Maybe because they're on the Bermuda Triangle or something like that, and then things just go insane. Yeah, it is. It's one of those. It's one of those films, and I don't like this this feeling. But when you walk away from a film, you're like, "What the shit did I just watch? Like, what? What was? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I I I remember coming to coming to bed after I watched that, and I was like. And they was like, did you like the movie? And I was like, I don't think I did. <laughs> I like some of the commentary that it makes. Yep. But that's, there's going to be some stuff in there that's just kind of like permanently scarred into my mind. And uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if I needed to spend 15 to 20 minutes on a boat with just like vomiting and diarrhea and toilet backfires while they're being attacked by pirates. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I understand that's how they needed to get to like the, here's these six people that are surviving on the, on the island or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was like, do we really need all that? Because legit, that's like burned into my memory of just like, everybody getting sick projectile vomiting diarrhea old lady in like Uh, sleeping gown just covered in diarrhea and throw up and i was like this is yeah there there's some things that like i was like i didn't need to to experience and i experienced that you did we all did i 
similar to you, I think, or going on the same note you were just talking about, I think this movie could have been at least like 30 minutes to an hour shorter. It was a pretty long movie. Yeah. And, and I think the commentary that they made could have, yeah, they could have like cut out significant elements yeah. of each of these scenes because they felt so long and drawn out in certain parts. Um, yeah. Because it was four acts, right? Three or four acts. Yeah. Um, I think so. The, and the first dating scene, which I actually really liked. I thought that, that was, was a cool scene. Yeah. Done yeah. Super uh, yeah. Well. I agree. The, the argument they had <laughs> was like really like authentic and mm-hmm. I thought like pretty well acted. I was like, this is, this is good acting. Um, yeah. And then they get to the boat and that's when things kind of slow down. And then kind of really speed up a lot. And you're like, what is happening? And then you think the movie is going to end on the boat. But nope, they're on the island now. And that's when I think that's my favorite part of the movie. Yes, I agree. Honestly, uh, I agree. Abigail's rise to power and that whole just hilarity of how dumb Carl is. And he's just like, he's just he's just attracted to power. And he's, he's just so weak. And he immediately just falls to Abigail's whims and becomes, yeah. her, becomes her little like... Sex life. Sex it's life, a sex life. Let's just straight up. Um, um, yeah, like a bit, the the last. I, I agree with you. The last act of that whole movie was like great, where you can really see like a this whole notion of like, dude, the super rich, you know, influencer, whatever. Like, when it boils down to it, what what skills do they actually have? And I, I think that's kind of the whole narrative that they're playing at. And it's like, yeah, there's a reason why Abigail gets power. She's the only one that knows how to cook. She's the only one that knows how to start a fire. She's the only one that knows has like any type of survival skills. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just like, I'm super rich. And it's like, okay, cool. What does that do for you when you're stranded on a desert island that and you have to get along with people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, the I thought, com- I thought the that commentary is cool. Shift. Yeah. The shift there was was really cool. And even like when at the very end, when they realized, like, oh, we're actually on a, you know paradise resort island and there's literally like we're about to be saved and then it's like you realize that's like abigail's not giving that up yeah and well, the last scene you just get you know carl running i hate I hate that they ended it that way I no idea what it, happened i like that they ended it that way but i hate that he ended it that way because yeah, yeah i would have loved to have seen what would have happened like does abigail go full full murder and just kill people to keep her power mm-hmm. or you know, does she realize that Yaya is actually like a nice person and maybe she's like changed? Probably not. Um, and yeah, you want, you wonder where Carl's even running. Like, where's Carl going? Like, what's, what, what does he realize? Yeah. Like, where is he running to? He's getting all cut up. Like, is he just going to die in the woods? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, weird, wild. weird, wild movie. Wild movie. Yeah. One that I probably will not watch again. No. Mm-mm. Um, but it's one that I will happily tell people about. Like, oh, you want to know about Triangle of Sadness? Yeah, you don't need to watch it. Um, here's here's the here's the synopsis. Here's what happens. Yeah. You're good. Um, but I liked Woody Harrelson's character in this. You know, I love Woody Harrelson in general. But yeah, I think just the idea of like the captain that is so over his clientele and like just literally spends his day like drunk at sea, like piloting this yacht. But really all he is doing is just appeasing the, the wealthy people on the boat, yeah. like for the captain's dinner, you know, he keeps yeah. on like, trying to put it off and put it off and put it off. And finally he goes and that's when it all goes South. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, fun. It, was, it was fun. It was wild. I don't want to watch it again. It was, it was, it was good. Good commentary. Yeah. Not a fun movie necessarily. <laughs> there. All right. 
And now closing out, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the one that I have not seen, Women Talking by Sarah Pauly, uh, who was previously an actress in some pretty well-known films. I think like Dawn of the Dead or something like pretty big, big yeah. well-known zombie movie. Uh, and she's directed prior to this, like some TV series called Hey Lady. Um, but yeah, this is, I think, her first big debut in terms of directing a full movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Rooney Mara as Ona, Claire Foy as Salome, or Salome, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Jesse oh. Buckley as Marish, and Francis McDormand as Scarface Jans. What a name. Yeah. What a name. All right, Zach, yeah. take it away, man. Tell yeah, us okay. likes and dislikes. So, dislike, the, the, there's, there's really not, I, mean, I really don't have much to, to say. This is... Um, People aren't as high on this movie as I am. I, I think I'm way higher on this movie. Maybe it's because it's the freshest, but it also just felt the most like like you you want to hit on the human condition side of stuff. Here's a bunch of women that are. I mean, this is this, so the whole setup of this. It's a true story like, based on a true story. Based on a true story, but it's it the the opening kind of like title slide is like you know. Something I was like the the following is you know from the you know from the imagination of of women or something like that. So the way that and my my wife was listening to a, a podcast um, and the director was on it. She was talking about it. She's like when this book was written, the way they they went about this book was here are the events that happened um, in I think it's Bolivia. Um, I might be wrong about that. Um, somewhere in central South America. I trust you. Um, where no like a cult, essentially like a, like a Mennonite, like a really heavy version of the Mennonite, but almost bordering into that kind of cult personality side of stuff. Yeah. Um, relocated from like, I think Canada to Mexico and then to, um, again, I believe it's blue. Yeah. Um, and then like all of a sudden, like the women just like start, waking up in the morning and they realize essentially they've been raped. Um, and it happens over and over and over and over again. And what they basically find out is like they catch one of the persons in the act and then, and when they chase him down, like he rats out, you know, four or five other people plus the veterinarian down the road, that's giving them basically like cow tranquilizer, you know, aerosol to spray into the houses and every passes out. They go in. Um, the real story these people, you know, they get arrested, they stay in trial, you know, there's a whole kind of economy, but like the women stay, the women don't really do anything. They're, you know, according to the men who are the elders or whatnot, they're like, you must forgive them. And for the most part, they, they do. The, the story comes with, okay, but this is now looking at like, let's see what this conversation would have looked like if they were actually deciding instead of just the, okay, we're forced into this forgiveness perspective. What do we have to do as far as the, you know, if we were to fight back or we were just going to leave and just, just go. Right. Um, and the, the conversations that you get in this whole thing, it's incredible. Like this is probably like of the movies I saw, this is hundred percent the best acted one. Like this is one that I, I was I was talking to somebody today, and I was like, straight up, you could put this on, like you you don't need the scenery, you don't need the you could put this in a empty backdrop theater, 
right and literally just have eight, mm. 10 women literally sitting there and you could have this entire thing and it would be just as impactful. Yeah. Like it is, it is so good. The act, I mean, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, like all three of them, they are like powerhouses in this movie. Um, so well done. Um, and it, it, this, this feels like one of those movies that if this movie came out three or four years ago, when we were really in the throes of the Me Too movement, especially in Hollywood, 100% this would have won hand down. Like nothing else would have even, like you could have had everything everywhere all at once, you know, going up against it. And and this would have had that social commentary, you know, critique women taking power, like that whole narrative, like 100%, I think this would have won. I think, I, I think we're, Push past that a little bit. Um, even if you look at the directing nomination category now, once again, we're back to all men. Um, I think Sarah Pauly deserved um, a nomination for this film. Like it was that yeah. good. Um, hmm. it, it, it's it's powerful. It, it, and if you're talking, you know, again, when my my critique about Top Gun is like, well, it doesn't have that human, you know, condition commentary, stuff like that. This, this hundred percent does. Um, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no, no fighter jets, no nothing. Um, but it's, it's, and, and I think all of this told under the notion of just like, we have this day to make this decision for all the women in here because the men are coming back the next day. And they're going to be here in the morning and we have to have this plan in place. So this is our only opportunity. Like it just like did the, it had almost that without having it. Right. It had almost that Sam Mendez Dunkirk. Or it was no, not Mendez. Mendez was 1917. It had that, um, that Nolan, Nolan, yeah. uh, Dunkirk ticking time bomb in the background where it's just like, the clock's moving the sun is setting you got to figure this this out over oh like it is it is gut-wrenching it is powerful it is i i don't have any i don't have any critiques on this like there i mm. i can't really find a critique on this one i don't know why it's being ranked so low like i've, I've looked at all the different rankings and it's always like eight or nine it was one of the last ones to be you know led into the category probably with like avatar and and i'm like this is a quintessential this is a this is an actor's movie this is straight up an actor's movie this this feels like you know with like when fences was nominated with uh yeah you know, when denzel yeah. did it um it, it has that same type of like you don't need all the fancy extra with it like the acting holds up enough that you're literally going there like dang um it carries it entirely yeah it, it really does it, it's mm. very well done um dang I'm sad I missed this then. Yeah, that sounds go watch it in the next couple of days and it's it, it's it's good. It's it's not long either. It's it's an hour forty or so. That's um great. Yeah. I, yeah, as a almost all these movies were like two plus hours, like two and a half, yeah. three almost yeah. three hours. I was like, so oh. they're not they're not they don't waste time with this. Like you're dropped into the here's the situation. The following conversations are going to be of the people who are you know basically appointed to make this decision okay and you're dealing with like because of the nature of you know the assaults and all this stuff you're dealing with like 
generations that seem a little bit like some seem a little bit too close in age and then some are like oh okay this is a you know woman who's on the verge of death nearly and then this is her daughter and then this is her daughter who was just um it's so like you have all the different generations side of stuff like it's it's very then you're dealing with the cult aspect of like okay well if we do this are we excommunicated can we get into head like you're dealing with all of that narrative stuff and it's just it's so heavy but it's so well done um, this, this is 2010 right this is like when this all happened sort yeah, of yeah oh, 05 to 09 um were yeah. all the attacks and then basically the caught the one guy in 09 that then then ran it out on everything i think like like the convictions were just in like 2012 but again if you watch this because of you know it's a midnight community you feel like you're watching something in the 1930s yeah. 1920s like there's no no technology everything is very like there's one break where you get like you know the people coming out to like do the census right come out and be counted and then like you hear uh you know uh you know more popular uh, it's still like a what we could say like oldies song type deal but music yeah. you know they're blaring music and stuff like that that's like the one break you get in this whole thing um it's <sighs> it's great it's a great okay. movie i'm so, glad to hear it i'm glad to hear yeah, it yeah yeah i want to i want to check that one out for sure yeah all right. Well, that's it. Those are the 10 guys. So now as is per tradition, we have to close this out with, um, what we think is going to win, what we yep. think should win. Yep. And what was the other one? Um, what we think will win. Um, uh, like what, you know, dark horses, what could, what could we see winning? Okay. So let's start with dark horses then. Um, yep. I can see Banshee's winning. Um, mm. Only because of, I think, just like, again, it's it's uh, such a strange and beautifully told story. That's just it, the, those two like combinations of yeah, combinations of like uh, just ideas. I think uh, the, the the strangeness of what happens in this, I think, like is compelling in in a certain way. So I could see that mm -hmm. being like a weird weird win. And again, acting was that acting across the board, and that was really solid. Yeah. How about you? Um, dark horses uh, again. I mean, like I understand, you know, why people are really kind of like pushing on banshees. Um, I feel like if there is a true dark horse that has some wins, but not, you know, like it. it, it this seems like a one horse race, right? It, it just seems like, you know. Uh, whatever i'm trying to gosh i'm blanking on a uh you know american pharaoh just pulling ahead of everybody just flying down and you're just like yeah no one's gonna catch it it's that that trip crown one right there like we, we have we have one of those that fits that so if you're looking for another ups like i all quite on the western front um especially if you know I, I think that really the dark horse there is like how many international voters do you have on the academy roster yeah. because I feel like if you're looking at that, like you could have enough people that are trying that, you know, okay. War in Ukraine. It's completely pointless war. Putin has no point being there. like, like I could see that element kind of come into play and being like, this is what war does, right? This is what war, especially when you're dealing with like total war that like mm -hmm. meat grinder, right. That you're dealing, you know, in the, in the Donbass or, you know, like, like, it has that kind of like i could see where they could go that route um 
if they really want to try to get, you know, all about the viewership and bringing in the common folk, I could see possibly Top Gun sliding. There. It just, I just, it, only, again, it feels like a, a fun movie. It, it feels like a one horse race. Yeah. So that's that's the dark horses. Okay, dark horses, and then what we think should win. Yeah. Um. Think th- what what we think will be deserving of a win. Yeah. Um, outside of that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with um. Tar. Mm. Um. Because it was so solid. There, I mean, yeah. like it really was just a solid film all the way through. Yeah. And again, acting was incredible and it was a believable story. Like it literally was a story that was told in such a way that I thought it was a real story. You know, I'm like, yeah, is this, is this a real sure. actor? Uh, and so I think that could be one that could, that, yeah, you know, I could see that. I could see that winning that, that should like, that, could, that should have the potential to win in that yeah. scenario. Yeah. Um, my, my my should after my last you know eight minute diatribe on uh women talking like I, I i i feel like if it was any other year like i feel like if you throw this i can't even remember the ones that uh, coda one last like i feel like this women talking would have had the ability to take on coda um it, it wasn't a particularly strong year for movies um yeah. the nominees last like i mean it just didn't it didn't feel yeah that way you know like i mean there's coda and it was um you know it was that western one that netflix did that everybody was oh, I, did not like that. I didn't either right but like like i feel like given any other year women talking you know should be able to win this category um it, again it's it's weird to me that it, like maybe i'm missing something so drastically that people are like eh, well, it's not really one of the tops you know like these other ones i'm like i don't see that like i just don't yeah how is it, it how is it not yeah how is it not yeah up there it, it, yeah. yeah 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 all right and then what we think will win so just based on everything we've seen and already talked about what do we think's gonna be the one that takes it out it, it's a it's a one one horse show this is probably the easiest prediction we've ever had to do on this on this podcast about to be it is it is everything everywhere all at once is yep. to win like it, it's it's their it's their game to grim to lose like you look at all the other you know award shows leading up to this i think the only one where they didn't take home like a prize was the baftas and that's because the british have you know uh, high fluency for oh it's a German film it's from Europe we're gonna give it the like whatever okay cool yeah. it, I mean all, all Quiet is a fantastic film it, again Dark Horse that's why I think it's the Dark Horse because it's the only other one that has any of these bigger things but like when you're talking about SAGs and the Critics Choice and like you, know, you go down the line and it's just E-A-O all the way through it's it's this just that doesn't really feel like a competition which i'm not saying is a bad thing it's it is a great film i don't think any of us like really had any big issues with it whatsoever and it's a blockbuster like hey which this is probably one where most people are going to go hey i saw the movie or like hey i know about that movie because somebody told me about about it and right this isn't going to be like a wait coda that that 
I have to have Apple Plus to watch that. Like, tar, it's, it's not one of them. What's Tar? Yeah. Triangle of um, Sadness. Who, is it a comedy? Is it Woody Harrelson's in that? Oh, it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. Um, it, it just that this, I think there are certain categories to where it's like, okay, what's, what's the competition going to be like? Okay, best actress, right? Between like Michelle Yue and Kate Blanchett, right? That's one that I'm like, oh, I want to see that. That like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, best, you know, it feels like a lock now at this point for best supporting actor. Maybe there's some question mark about best actor between uh, Brendan Fraser and Austin Butler, but like. It it feels like if everything everywhere all at once is in a category, it just feels like it has that kind of like they should be favored. Yeah, yeah, and then that's okay. You know, I think that's it's, uh, it's that's, pause. that's fun. It's cool, and yeah, yeah. it's one of the, it's to your earlier point about how it's came out unknown. People had no yeah. real expectations for this movie, but then it was one that like took off, and you started just hearing about it a lot. Yeah. That usually is a good indication in terms of it having the potential. Um, yeah. Whereas the difference between like a movie like Avatar and Top Gun Maverick, which both had, I think, again, a very wide reach in terms of people being like, holy crap, that was a cool movie, especially with yeah. uh, Top Gun Maverick, is those were like heavily marketed. They're traditional sure. blockbusters. Yeah. And, you know, the expectations were already super high going in, whereas EEAO um, basically just came out of nowhere and yeah. had this compelling storyline that was insane and yeah. and really surprised a lot of people. So yeah, uh, I think, I think that makes the most sense. So I, I feel solid in saying by, by, you know, the end of Sunday night, we'll be able to say that, um, the Academy award best picture included a whole multiverse section of hot dog fingers which is a phrase I never thought I would say in my entire life, but here we are. The hot dog finger scene. Uh, hot dog finger. So weird. So it's weird. So weird. <sighs> well, we did it, man. We did it. We did a little bit things. longer. Again, we we always go longer on these things, but you I know. should never just say like, "Oh, this will be a fast." We would we try for an hour. I think we're about to want to know where we're at. Probably at an hour thirty. That's my guess. It's, yeah. So, unfortunately, though, guys, that is the end of our podcast. Um, listeners, what nominee do you think will win? Which one do you think deserves to win? And which one is your black horse? We'd love to know. Write into us at bitcast at bitbloggers.com. And you can do that easily on Spotify as well. We'll have the poll up there. Zach, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Just always fun. Always a fun time. Always fun. And again, coming in clutch, carrying the podcast on your back by watching <laughs> all of the films. I think all last fun. year, I think last year, the year before, I missed one too. I think it was. I, th yeah, I think, I think, uh, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before that. I feel like both oh, of us had missed one or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we were able to pick it up. But yeah, this is the first, first year that I didn't make it. I didn't, I didn't get all of them. Yeah, you did, like, you did, you like, did all of them. You're I got champion. them all. You're got a champion. You can put that on your, uh, your resume. Watched planning on it. Yeah. Watched all the Oscars in 2023. Yes. Yes. I did do that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to close it out until next time. Y'all, this has been BitCast. Thanks for tuning in to talk about some stuff. <laughs>